Conscious Enterprisers, I'm Roxana, and the next conversation I have for you is super special. It's with the phenomenal meditation teacher and transformational coach, Sa DeSimone. Sa basically lives in the flow state. He also lives to break molds. He makes meditation and consciousness seem not only approachable for everyone, but also makes it just seem so stylish and cool. With an entrepreneurial background in the fashion industry, Saw founded Bullet Magazine and a successful blog sold to Oracle before shedding his former life and growing into the transformational coach, speaker, and author that he is today. He also just released a fantastic book, Five Minute Meditations, that leaves zero excuses for anyone claiming they want to meditate and just doesn't have the time. Get out there and get that book because your five minute window has arrived. In this conversation, we discuss so much, bridging mysticism, biology, introspection, and science. We discuss Saw's rocky entrepreneurial journey, which includes a hilarious story about him getting fired from a porn shop. We discuss dealing with the highs and lows of depression, bringing meditation to corporations and how it's affecting the business worlds, the most impactful benefits and transformations that Saw has witnessed from meditation, and so much more. Please enjoy this conversation and please follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And you can always find us at www.conscious.enterprises. Saw, thank you so much for being here. And thanks for being a part of Conscious Enterprises. My pleasure. I am honored. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so you are a transformational coach, you are a meditation teacher, you're also a certified mental health aide, um, you're also certified in breath work and yoga and meditation, and you're a raw vegan chef, so you have a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. um, let's start from the beginning and we'll kind of work our way over there. Um, where okay, are you the from? fun story. Yeah. <laughs> What's your story? How did you end up in New York? Yeah, okay. Um, I am, was born and raised in Brazil. Okay. Lived in, um, in Paraná, Londrina, where I was born until 16. Oh, wow. And then I moved to Florida. And I was in Tampa, Florida for, excuse me, for about um, four years. And then I moved, excuse me, yeah, like three and a half years. And then I moved to LA when I was 19. Okay. And I lived in LA for a couple of years and I moved to New York when I was 21 and then lived in New York uh, until I was 20, almost 26. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I, I left for a couple of years and I came back. I left for a few years and then I came back uh, spring of 20, I mean, summer of 2016. Summer of 2016. Okay, yeah. so you've only been back for what, like almost two years? Almost two years. Okay, yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. And um, you also founded along this journey um, a magazine called Bullet. Yes. Um, which seems to have like a cult following. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, so Bullet was born the day that Alexander McQueen died. I don't know if you're oh. a diehard fashion fan, how yeah. I used to be, I still am. Uh, but when Alexander McQueen died, uh, I was on my way to Bryant Park to the tents. Back then, the fashion week was at oh, Bryant okay. Park. And I, I, have, I get a text message that saying Alexander McQueen died. So I was really upset. I didn't, I, at that point, I was working as a stylist. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I decided not to go to the tents anymore. And the friend that was texting me that McQueen had died said, come meet my friends um, uptown. Yeah. Let's, they have a project that might be inspiring and fun for you. Uh, so I went and um, we started talking about building this transmedia company, a magazine that had video component that was, uh, uh, that had a, a really well uh, curated online uh, platform and a beautiful print book that came out every season. Cool. Um, and um, that was the birth of Bullet Magazine. And after the first issue, we were um, sold in 12 countries. There were oh, 50,000 wow. issues being printed. Um, and we were spending on the production and, uh, you know, all of it that we're doing, uh, almost a quarter of a million dollars every season. Oh, my God. I didn't because realize the, it was so expensive. Yeah. The wow. book was, uh, you know, if... It was just like the quality of the paper, the quality of the ink, the details, the details, every part of the page, every part of the book was so curated, like a dream. Yeah. You know, do you so think the details really, are uh, what made it successful? Like absolutely. What? Cool. Yeah. And also, um, I think the fact that we, we were very well funded Yeah. and that we got, um, you know, an opportunity to give celebrities you know movie stars yeah um and you know people in the arts and and, and fashion and tv and music an opportunity to speak about something else yeah an opportunity to dress in a, in a different way we weren't so entirely driven by advertising because we had uh the oh, financial support you know uh and after the first issue we had a vuitton louis vuitton in perpetuity mm -hmm. as an advertiser cool. so that gave us like credibility too yeah um and we just had so much fun you yeah. know, working with the talent. I mean, some of the fun things you can see is like how we worked with Daniel Radcliffe, you know, former Harry Potter, right. uh, and Juliette Lewis, and Blake Lively, and yeah. uh, Pharrell Williams, and um, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen. Some of these people are, you know, we've done such beautiful work. And Brie Larson, I think she's a big oh, name okay. right now. Cool. We rented this beautiful house in Los Angeles. We covered the housing moss. And it was just like, it was a dream. Yeah. Everything we're creating was yeah. just like highly, you know, dreamlike quality that we had yeah. about everything we did. What do you think the original intent was when you were building that business? Because you're so young. Like, do you think you had a conscious intention or do you think it just kind of like came together? Great question. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, well, so I don't know if you remember The Face magazine, the British magazine. Um, I'm sure you, like, it was just like revolutionary. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the face and days and confused also both british uh, publications mm -hmm. were huge inspirations for 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 me and for our team yeah and what we really wanted to do was to mix the uptown downtown okay showing people that you could wear a product top with a vintage skirt okay. and converse yeah you know we really wanted to be a magazine that people could speak about uh political things and about uh spirituality and awakening uh, cool. and sustainability and they had a, an open platform to really dive deep and um and be themselves outside of the labels that yeah um their publicists put on them, their agents put on them, the world puts on them right. for them to really open up. And our themes were like the enlightenment issue, yeah. the cosmic issue, the sin issue, you yeah. know? So we were really had an opportunity to work with people in a way that um, they didn't have. Yeah. Uh, they were being, you know, featured some of these massive stars. Even like we had an opportunity to go to Macaulay Calvin's house, you cool. know, things of that nature and work with, with them at his home because they felt comfortable yeah. having us around because we weren't there to portray them in an eye that was uh, 
um, forced or yeah, like yeah exactly it was just very real very raw and we were yeah. all so young I mean when I started the magazine I was 23 well so, so I was a creative yeah. director 23 years old yeah uh, with a team of um, you know 45 people yeah and working in all time zones around the world you right. know but you know everything <laughs> <laughs> so you think it was like the fun of it or the excitement is that what like drove you back then was that what it was oh my god it was just a lot of it a yeah of it all just kind of came together uh, we were it, we had so much opportunity to meet so many great people and be around so many beautiful places and create and i love the creative process yeah. i love coming up with images um and matching the images and then finding the teams to right. carry that vision out. Yeah. You know? You're an entrepreneur by nature for sure. Yes. Well, I've never really had a real job, to be honest. I've had a couple, <laughs> and one of them I got fired. Really? Yeah. What did you get fired from? A porn shop. <laughs> you were working at, like, as a cashier? Or as a cashier at a porn shop. That is yeah. hilarious. I know. All in Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, in my God. West Hollywood. <laughs> I know. What are like the weirdest things? Like, what do people come in there for usually? Oh, honey, it's like, a whole yeah, long story <laughs> because That's even like how I got fired is you know? just too good of a story. <laughs> yeah, well, I to know, yeah, we'll have to well, cover that. Yeah, I'll share with you at some other time. Well, in cool. short, I closed the store. I said yes. it's lunch break, so yes. I closed the store. Yes. And there was a customer there. That yeah. We got busy. Oh, That's as really? far as I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yes. And they fired you. It was a porn shop. You would think that that would yeah, be Yeah, they saw everything on video. Oh, no! <laughs> so the merchandise was involved, perhaps? Let's leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't meant for that kind of destruction. No, I you wasn't. You needed to never. do things on your own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot to start. It's been a oh long God, time. That's I got, really yeah. funny. Um, so, I want to talk to you also about, you know, meditation and transformation, all these things that you work on now. Yeah. Um, how did you get into meditation on a personal level first? So, after the bullet, um, uh, so what happened with that first company, I was bought out of that. Okay. And I was bought out by my best friend, also my investor. So, it was okay. just like a really hard thing to experience. It wasn't know? like an amicable... No, breakup. not at all. Okay. I mean, the, it turned later was. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is it wasn't because, you know, you, excuse me, I moved to America as an immigrant. Yeah. Had immigrant jobs from 16 or 18 and then moved to California, had these like odd jobs. I was like driving around Bobby Trendy. Okay. I was working for a medium. You were in a porn shop. And then I worked at a porn <laughs> shop and I got fired and right. then I, I became an image consultant. So I was like giving out business cards that I was like here to help people with their image. Right. Um, as little as they know, I was just like running away from what my real purpose was. Right. Um, and then through this process, I was always very curious, always very curious about yeah. spirituality, always very curious about, uh, you know, the silence within and like who we are inherently, you know, yeah. compassion, kind, creative beings. And then when the whole bullet thing happened, I went into a spiral of depression oh. and the anxiety and the, you know, the under layer of depression that was with me actually bursted and it became like the forefront and it was like yeah. in the background i would have these highs and i would come back to a low yeah i'll have these highs i'll come back to a low yeah. you know the happiness set point that right. scientists talk about right uh and i would always my low was very low and throughout this process i would just really feel so much lower than i've ever felt before because i didn't have the magazine to experience the highs of the daily oh, you know so you were just stuck in i it. was just stuck in a low yeah so the low 
uh, led me to leave New York, go to Florida, start another business. And okay. when I started the second business called Oracle Talk, it was a yes. blog. And when that platform took off and became, we also had millions of unique visitors within six months. Wow. The Oracle, the tech company says, honey, this name, we got to have it because oh you're coming God. up on Google way too much. So I was like, okay, fuck it. <laughs> Take this name. And, and that's when I decided to really get curious. I mean, dive into my curiosity because yeah. Oracle Talk was me and my brother talking about spirituality oh, but from a very sassy new york way yeah. of like i like this but right this works but right you know there was always the the hook of like mm, right i don't buy it completely as opposed to back then it was still kind of just like you were in it or not right exactly, yeah yeah interesting and then um but we were very curious. We were writing about meditation. We were writing about yeah. plant-based lifestyle. We were writing about yoga. We were writing about transformation. We were writing about sustainability, about good politics, about, I mean, all the things that are positive yeah. that have to do with transformation. We are writing about it. And then um, I decide to take off and uh, go to India after the thing with Oracle happened. And throughout this process, we had a, an investor from, the, the person who invested on Refinery29 meet us in Miami okay. to say, hey, I want a business plan from you guys because we want to invest. As Oracle. As Oracle. Oh, wow. And that's when I was like, okay, this is real. Let's make this go to the next level. Right. Um, but I was still struggling. You know, I couldn't get yeah. myself to like really or orchestrate this business plan. I can get myself to orchestrate all the tools. What do you think was the blockage there? Depression. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was like holding me back and anxiety, you know? Yeah. And you didn't know where it was coming from at this point? It, I mean, I didn't know where it was coming from and I, I couldn't honor it as like, this is what's really going on. Right. You know? Right. I would just keep it, it was in the background, it was coming to the foreground, it was like right here more right. so than ever. But I would still like, you know, do all the things you do to distract yourself from yeah. what's happening inside. You know, yeah. the internal landscape was crumbling yeah. throughout this process. Um, but I forgot to mention one thing that, that was pivotal in this whole movement. Mm -hmm. It was after Bullet happened, I went to see my friend Tiffany mm -hmm. in Zurich. Okay. She's the first person who talked about self-healing, about transformation, about eating tofu and drinking <laughs> green juice yeah. and having ginger shot. Yeah. Um, and taking and care of yourself. Yeah. Self-care, self-love. Yeah. And then she was like, let's go to Berlin. Let's go meet my friends in Berlin. Okay. So I'm staying at these at this couple's house and they're the following morning doing breakfast, they're talking about healing, transformation, um, meeting their teachers, swimming in a sacred river, drinking entheogenic medicine, yeah. fundraising for NGO in Tibet, all the yeah. things I'm like, who are you guys? What, what the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. I had no vocabulary for any right. of that. So I was kind of like, oh wow, this is so interesting. Like, mm. So I felt really awkward. I left this breakfast table. I went for a walk around the, around the, around the block because I was, I was really so awkward that I was like, couldn't really be there anymore. Right, right. So I went for a walk, came back. When I came back is when I started to have this realization, my God, I've been um, making this beautiful book that is, yes, it is inspiring, but I'm helping, I'm, I'm advising people to yeah. buy things that they don't really need, oh. you know, instead of investing on their growth, on their healing, on their transformation, yeah. and cultivating their own unique creative voice in the world. 
And that was like a major wake. So that's when I came back to New York, excuse me, came back to the States, went to Florida, started Oracle. Okay. And in the process of writing about doing the, the things on the Oracle, I was so like So she meditating. turned you on to that whole side of the world and then you exactly. took that into Oracle. Got it. And then okay. I did Oracle. It was Oracle was only around for like seven months. Oh, know? okay. Yeah, it was a very sure. quick, yeah. out big and then out yeah. nothing. And that's when I went to India and got, got into transformation. I uh, really saw massive transformation in yeah. myself. I learned what it means to forgive yourself. Yeah. I had no idea that, that was even a vocabulary. I had no idea that, that was even something that you, you should do. do. Yeah. And so often, you yes. know, I didn't know that the stories that I carried with me in my mind were actually becoming my life. Yeah. I didn't know that I had multiple voices in my head and some of them were very right. vicious and some of them were very kind and one of them is right. a cheerleader and I should listen <laughs> to that one more than the vicious right. one. Um, and I didn't know that I can manipulate my nervous system with the breath. Yeah. I didn't know that I could redesign the architecture of my brain mm -hmm. with meditation. Right. I didn't know that I can change my habits. I had yeah. no idea. I thought that I was just a broken, to use lack of a better word, piece of shit. And that I was just oh, going to be yeah. that until I arrived in India. And my teacher, just the way she looked at me, was like, it's okay, honey, you got this. Well, as soon as you got there, your As soon as like, I arrived, she just... You know, yeah. looked into my eyes and just like yeah. was so present with me that I was like, wow, I never, wow. this is new, you know? Yeah. So that's when I started. That's when in my path, oh. uh, my journey started. And then after that first 10 day silent retreat, I went on a 30 day silent retreat. And that's when wow. things just really broke. I've never open. done a silent, like, what do you call it? A silent meditation, silent yeah. retreat like that for days like that. What's that like? What do you learn? You learn about yourself. Yeah. You learn so much about what happens inside yeah and what happens inside is you really get to know your relationship that you have with yourself interesting you know because you're not interacting with other with people. anybody nor yeah. exchanging eye contact oh, I mean we had an hour and a half every day to speak but it was in a group okay. share with a monk okay. who was there to first ask questions you know okay. and to share like what was happening um, but you really get to see like how vicious and how mean and how mean you are with yourself at certain hours of the day around certain things, you know? Uh -huh. And you really get to know your cravings and your desires and your motives. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I'm really an asshole. <laughs> because I was really yeah. learning about my motives, about my, uh, why I was doing certain things in the world and how I was approaching certain things. And and through this process, you, I, there was no way out but then to just learn to forgive yourself yeah. for all the shit that I had done and to forgive other people for how they've betrayed me and how right. they've treated me along this path. Right. And then you really see the changes. Yeah. You find that you can stop time, you know, not in yeah. a linear way of the clock stops, but in just inside. Yeah. There is this like stillness. And once you tune into that space between thoughts, into that space, between each breath, yeah. into between each feeling arising and passing, there is this like intelligence beyond anything that we've ever um, experienced. Yeah. It's a very personal experience, you know. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. So how how have you taken all these like amazing experiences in India and the learnings and the teachings of these kind of ancient um, wisdoms, and mm -hmm. how are how have you brought it back to New York and making this? amazing empire that you're mm. clearly out to out to yeah. rule the world with you like what do you how are you doing that thank you um yeah. i my focus is on bringing um 
the integration of ancient wisdom and modern science. Okay. I study contemplative psychotherapy, and uh, that's giving me yeah, so me much support. It's really um, just showing that these ancient wisdom practices yeah. have all this scientific support. Right. They have all the scientific evidence, right. you know, that um, everything counts. You holding a positive image in your mind, how it changed your, your whole body's chemistry, mm -hmm. how breathing in a certain way can, you know, reacclimate, recalibrate your nervous system, yeah. and how having a single pointed object to focus on while you're in meditation, how that changes your habits, how yeah. that changes your relationship to the present moment. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. It really I've is. noticed massive <laughs> changes in my in my whole life. And yeah. the reality is is like when you experience I personally how it happened for me, when I I was in such a, a desperate, painful state yeah. with suicidal thoughts and wow, yeah. you know, so much pain that I was able to heal myself with these practices. You know, the way right. I ate changed, the way I yeah. spoke to people changed, the way I spoke to myself changed, the way I meditated, the way I breathed. Everything I did at that point, I was focusing on healing. I was focusing yeah. on, on really finding ways to use the tools that are right here, right now, yeah. to transform and to heal. And the more I did these practices, the more I came out of the water, the more I came out of the water. It's almost like, you know, to give you an, uh, to use a, a visual image, it's almost like there's always this fan mm -hmm. in the background going on, a very, yeah. very noisy fan, uh -huh. and then all of a sudden, the more you do the work, the less this, the fan is, the sound is there, the less is uh, there, the less, and at some point, it's off. Right. You know, right. and it's almost like there's a cloud here, and all this, you start to do the work, the cloud starts to go to peripheral, and it's, and then all of a sudden, it's right. here, and it passes, right. and then you're looking at your book of your life as if you're reading someone else's life story. Yeah. You know, you've, you have to go constantly pick up that yeah. book off the shelf. It's amazing too because science has now found ways to explain this with the brain synapses. Like literally what's happening is you are closing out or short-circuiting a brain synapse that was once there and you're growing a new one where it might be, you know, happiness and joy and gratitude yeah. versus the other one that was like darkness and yeah. depression and whatever Fear, it was. guilt, it's shame. So yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So fascinating. So I felt the calling to share all the tools that helped me. Yeah. You know, and I I really um, a huge part of my work in, in the next coming years is to really step into the role of mental health right. um, advocacy to get people to really learn that unless we talk about this shit, yes. we're never going to end mental health stigma mm -hmm. because everybody's suffering. It Everybody. doesn't matter who you yeah. are, mm -hmm. what zip code you're in, your skin color, your sexual preference, everyone's experiencing yeah. some kind of shit at some point in their lives. Yes. You know? Totally. I agree. I think that's a great mission. Um, so you also do a lot of corporate meditations, I've noticed. Yeah. Who are some of the brands that you've worked with so far that people recognize? Cool. American Express. Oh, it's a big um, one. Havas. Cool. Um, and WeWork. Oh, nice. Um, Neuhaus. Awesome. Uh, New Balance. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know. I've done so many. Tons I forgot. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, um, well, why do you think meditation is so important to integrate into a corporate setting? And what is that doing in the corporate structure? Oof, my God, it's massive work. It's so funny because um, you've sat with me before, and, I, yeah. and my work is is very dynamic. Yeah. Uh, when I'm uh, sharing the practices, it's intense to be in there. But I think um, I make it accessible, and I make it funny, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not showing up wearing a full white 
turban and be like, Namaste, <laughs> right. sweetie. You know what I mean? I open with like, uh, you know, an introduction to the scientific evidence behind right. the facts I'm going to share. <clears throat> and I always close with a little homework. I yeah. think it's so important to have that yeah. because corporate culture, it is so rooted in the bottom line, you know? Yeah. And then when you come in with these practices, you you realize that you're spending so much of your time in that desk and then you forgot your personal bottom line. Yeah. Like why you're doing what you're doing, you know? Right. And it's tough for corporate spaces and um, to have people coming in there and sharing these practices because what happens is one of two things. People yeah. realize that they really love their job right. and they really want to do, find ways to become more creative with what they're doing. Amazing. So they're, you know, being able to have this longer uh, uh, attention spans, okay. you know, where they can do that 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 task more fully with a unitask, you know, they're not yeah. multitasking. Yeah. Or what happens is they realize that they hate that job. They need to get the fuck out of there. So yeah. it's a very fine line, yeah. you know, that that is about going into these spaces and getting people to drop in into that space. Because yeah. when you drop in, what arises is that voice that has been saying. Right. And all of a sudden, when you meditate, the voice like, "Yo, what up? Yeah, what's really get good? Get the hell out of here! Get the hell out of here!" Yeah. Or it says, "Hey, you love this, but you should be doing yeah. that part. Why aren't you focused on hundred percent? Yeah, why is it fifty? Yeah, exactly. Totally. That's amazing. It's such a yeah. crucial thing that people need to wake up yeah. to. Also, being in a corporate setting. I mean, I love going in there and just noticing because a lot of the work is rooted. Uh, within a community that of people who are already seeking and, yeah. and doing this work. So when you go in there, um, so, I mean, Havas, for instance, right? Uh -huh. We had a, Hava, a business insider wrote a piece about the day oh, that I wow. went in there, which was fabulous. Oh, no yeah. And because Havas has a meditation uh, uh, room oh, in their office. How cool. It's incredible, you that know? Incredible. Uh, and it's like the fifth largest marketing company, advertising industry, agency in the world. Yeah. So, the top, top ones are killing it. I mean, American yeah. Express had me fly out to Denver to lead something wow. for the people there. Um, so it's really interesting. But sometimes you go into uh, different places and everyone's very, you know, like this. <laughs> and then you ask them to start breathing or hold their, you know, breathing through your left nostril. And then they're so afraid of what, what their co-worker's going to do. Yeah. And I was doing something the other day with this big group for this... Um, you know, great company, yeah. and um, the CEO, this, all these, the, the big C's were all there, uh -huh. and and all, all everyone else from the, the the company was there too. And then how you know their interaction with each other because they were sharing that space, sharing that silence. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it does wonders for them. I'm sure. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Like, uh. do you find that certain spaces people are so like more resistant? to doing a meditation in a corporate setting. Yes. Because someone like American Express, I mean, I think they're a great brand and all, but I would imagine their office is not used to having someone like you come in and be like, let's breathe through our left nostril. Exactly. You know I mean? <laughs> no. Like, are people They like, have resistance. They okay. have resistance, especially yeah. when I ask them to do the breath work, which yeah. requires a little them work. to outwardly do something. You know, they'd rather right. have someone come in and do a sound bath. Right. So just close your eyes. Right. And listen to this music and it's doing all the work. It's like, yeah. honey, the reality <laughs> is you got to do the fucking work. You want right. to transform. So there is resistance. Yeah. You know, but I always try to hold people accountable. Yeah. If you've taken yourself to this space, if we're here yeah. with everybody else, 
let's be accountable for everybody else's time too. Right. So do the motherfucking work. You're right. You know, let's do it. Let's. How go are there. they walking out of there? The ones that are resistant. Do you think they they Trans get something out of it still? Do. Or that's they good. Do. They do. Honestly, it's, it's what I what I really think for this because yeah. this what happens is, it is. A palpable transformation yeah. that happens. It is so beautiful to see. Yeah. You know, their eyes go from being like this to. Their yeah. facial expression changes. You know, when, when someone's reserved and <laughs> someone is feeling they're carrying a lot of fear and guilt and shame with them, right. you notice their postures are kind of like this, even if oh, they're powerful. Totally. And then they come out of the breath and the meditation, it's like, ah. They're like a new person. Yeah. They are. And even if it's literally they've only been able to do for five minutes or two minutes or one minute or yeah. for 30 seconds, it's already, you know, shows them the power. And it's really essentially giving people the opportunity to know that they don't have control over their mind, right. you know? Even the most powerful CEOs, you tell them to tell their minds, right. focus on your breath for two minutes, rest your attention on your breath for two minutes, and see what happens, Right. you know? For two minutes, ask your mind to do one task for two <laughs> minutes and see what happens. Right. And that proves that unless we retrain our default mind with these ancient practices, we're going to struggle yeah. because there's only more things coming at us at every moment. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's, and I think it's so important that you're doing it in a corporate setting where people that wouldn't come across a, a meditation class, you know, naturally in their day to day lives, you're, you're there, you know, mm -hmm. and you're bringing it to them. Mm -hmm. I think that's so amazing. Thank you. Um, what are some of the most profound benefits of meditation in your experience with other clients? What have you seen like as the biggest impact in the work that you're doing? It changes their relationships to their stories. Cool. You know, so like a lot of people carry, um, you know, to give you an example, someone might have been uh, physically abused growing mm -hmm. up. So they are carrying the story in their mind that they were abused because they're they're stupid or they're ugly or they're bad or they're not worthy right. or they don't belong here. So they're telling, but the reality is objectively, that physical thing might have only happened because of their parent was drunk dealing with their own shit. So right. you're, you were their, their outlet for that anger, right. you know? So you go through your whole life carrying that story with you, right. saying, oh, I'm really not worthy. Oh, I'm really just, you know, a piece right. of shit. I really don't belong here. I really should just, you know, whatever. Uh, and then you start to change with, the med with meditation yes. practice. You open up space right. to hold space for this story. And then when you bring up the story, um, you change the relationship. You're not holding on with such a tight grip. Yeah. You start to loosen the grip a little bit, right. and the story dissipates. You learn from it, and you allow it to pass. Yeah. You know, and then a massive thing for me is the the long attention span. Mm -hmm. that I can be here with you, yeah. and I can choose the stories. I can choose to get hooked on a story. I mean, a thought, you know, right? Um, or I can choose to get hooked in a feeling, right. or I can just choose to be here, present, just be present, you know? yeah. You know, and that's that's a really powerful thing that it meditation really gives yeah. us the opportunity to choose. Yes, and I know? think it's also really important to note that, like, a lot of people think that you know, changing a storyline is it is only applicable to people who have suffered some drastic abuse or this or that, something horrible in their lives, and they don't think they're worthy of oh. I, my life is fine, so I don't need to do that kind of work. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. everything's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big challenge for me coming to the terms with, well, you know, my life has been pretty good. You know, I'm very 
I'm very, you know, uh, what's the word? You know, I'm, I'm very grateful for the life that I've had, especially mm -hmm. now because mm -hmm. you have two parents that loved me, and etc., etc. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that I don't carry things that are, you know, suppressing me. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that I'm not carrying things, stories that need to be changed, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing that people need to understand. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have had some huge, drastic you know, violation in your childhood mm -hmm. to need the work. Exactly. Everybody needs the work. Everybody, Everybody. needs the work. And it's yeah. so applicable to every little thing and everything mm -hmm. that you do. Yeah. And, and this is such a good point. Thank yeah. you so much for bringing that up. That's yeah. huge, actually. Um, when trauma objectively happens, it's an evidence it right. did happen, right. uh, is one thing, right? But what happens is how we all... Uh, perceive in how our nervous systems and our minds right. carry trauma is different. Right. You know, you might have received just a no when you needed a yes, right. and that is and as created. impactful mm -hmm. as you being physically abused for exactly. some people. And we forget that. that exactly. A five weight, a trauma for me, I might have been beat up, but that's only a five right. weight for me. But the the, the the 50 weight trauma it was that one time that I just needed a hug and I didn't receive I didn't it, get it right. and that might just be the one story I carry with me for the rest of my life until totally. I do the work you know mm -hmm. and a huge thing is it helps us deal with anger it helps yeah. us deal with with fear with yeah. guilt with shame you know it decreases the size of the amygdala yes. you know the stress response in the brain and increases the size of the prefrontal cortex the CEO of happiness yeah. which gives us an opportunity to respond to life instead right. of react to life right. which I think that was a massive thing for me because I was so high and low high and oh, low wow. you know there was no middle ground for me and yeah. now I'm being able to like live in the middle yeah you know because the two highs or the two lows both stress your nervous system yes totally love that um, what failure would you say you're most proud of in terms of the business side of your life um, something that maybe at the time seemed like a travesty but now you look back and see that it was such a growing growing and learning experience ah oh, good question thank you <laughs> um, it was being bought out of bullet yeah you know I literally took me years to forgive everybody oh, wow. involved yeah years and there's still that story sometimes like hunts me a little bit comes back oh. and I started having this argument in my mind with mm -hmm. everyone involved um, and then I'm like, oh, look at you. Why don't you, why don't you come home for tea again? <laughs> Hi. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I agreed at any passes. Yeah. Um, but it was how, when that whole, hap the whole thing happened, it was a, I was really, I felt so, I felt like I, I was just a failure. Yeah. You know, I felt like I, um, I felt lost. No, and what did you learn from it? What do you think the learning experience of it was? I've learned to be a leader that inspires with love. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. You know, to if I'm gonna step into a leadership position ever again in my life, yeah. I'm gonna be someone who inspires with love, yeah. with with forgiveness, with kindness, and never to make people feel like they're replaceable. Oh, do you think you did that? I did that. There? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So now you're more aware of that. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, completely. Like yeah. I, it's um, you know, with a small team that I'm that I'm slowly building now, yeah. it's everyone is we're all equals, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And the message is to really share the tools that have helped me deal with all that baggage that right. I was carrying with me, you know. Right. Absolutely. 
Um, what is your like daily ritual? Mm. What is your daily go-to yeah. thing that you do to get started with your day? Great question. Thank you so much. Um, so I wake up, I go into child's pose. Okay. In bed still. Oh, okay. And while I'm in child's pose, I uh, take refuge in my lineage that I study. Okay. Uh, so I, I say I take refuge in the Buddha Dharma Sangha. Oh, cool. And then I say uh, I go through a list of gratitude, mm -hmm. which it could be as simple as I'm grateful for this bed because sometimes it's so warm, the sun is, <laughs> is you know coming in through the blinds and it's so beautiful. And my flowers, I say I'm grateful for this house. I'm yeah. grateful for this, you know. Uh, day, I'm grateful for this breath, or right. I'm grateful for, you know, bigger or small, whatever. Yeah. I usually start with a gratitude practice, yeah. and I go into an intention. Okay. So I always uh, will say, today uh, I'm wiser, I'm kinder, more forgiving, cool. more giving, uh, more courageous, more patient, more generous, more funny, more beautiful, you know, more abundant. I yeah. always give that, um, you know, push to my day to really yeah. be operating from that high vision. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I go to the bathroom, I do my thing, brush my teeth. And while I'm in the bathroom, being very conscious when I'm yeah. watch, watching my, looking at myself while uh -huh. I brush my teeth, being very conscious of how am I talking to myself at that moment? Mm. How am I looking at myself in that mirror? And what are the stories that I'm telling myself already? Am right. I being kind to myself or am I already being vicious? You right, know, right. how am I really treating myself already? How is my day really starting? And after that, I have water, a glass of water, and I have a glass of water with an apple cider uh, vinegar. Oh, yeah, that's good. And a probiotic. Mm -hmm. um, and then I sit to meditate okay. uh, for an hour. And I start the practice with breath work. What and kind of breath work do you do? Which one? It varies, um, but the one that I do most consistently is a coherent breathing practice, which mm -hmm. is slows down the breath to five breaths per minute. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is very slow to help to, you know, to regulate the nervous system. Interesting. Um, which I'll share with you at some other time, too. That's interesting, actually. This is a total random personal yeah. question I'd like to ask yeah, you now that you're here. Um, you know, there was a point in my, in my meditation practice where I noticed that my involuntarily my breath would slow down so much to the point where I noticed I don't even know how much time it, it felt like five or ten minutes might have passed and I hadn't taken a breath yet and it wasn't forced and it wasn't painful it felt, it felt great it felt great but yeah. then all of a sudden my mind would wake up and be like you haven't inhaled in a long time and I'd be like oh mm -hmm. like I haven't taken a breath mm -hmm. in a really long time mm -hmm. it, like what is that so they say, research shows that the average person who's like chronically anxious, which is everybody pretty yeah, much yeah. wants to do the work, um, you are breathing, you're taking anywhere from 12 to 14 breaths per minute. Okay. Uh, which is kind of like... Okay. Quick breathing. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, shallow up here, clavicular. Mm -hmm. And then when you start the, the coherent breath, you're taking a much longer breath. So you're breathing five times per minute. Right. Therefore, you're increasing your heart variability rate and you're creating a better connection between the brain and the heart. Right. And you're sending a message to the brain that you're in healing mode. Okay. So, and then on the mystical side, um, and it's also mystical because, you know, these yeah. scriptures have put forth all these beautiful stories that are yeah. turning out to be true. He said that the Buddha was taking very, very uh, long breaths. You know, okay. So long that um, it was said that at some point that he was breathing. I think he, um, I'm probably not saying the right number uh, correct, but he took like 10 breaths per day. Oh my God. And towards the very end 
of when he was just becoming, when he was fully becoming enlightened. Yeah. Um, and so it, you know, it might have been exaggerated yeah, yeah. how we've been translated, but it, it, it ties it in. To do it ties with in yeah. with, with you having <laughs> these uh, long yeah. breaths, you know, and it ties into this coherent breath practice that we yeah. uh, that we're talking about, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So there is a correlation maybe between your level of consciousness, maybe when you're deep in meditation and the breath slowing down or something. Exactly. Look for. Um, I'll tell. Uh, I'll tell your audience to. Yeah. To look for coherent breathing practice, and I actually have a uh, practice that I recorded with these bells that you oh, can hear. Cool. So it actually guides you to this breathing practice. Yes, yeah, uh, on my Instagram. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I know you're short on time, so I'll ask you yeah. one last question. Um, I just want to let you yeah. know one thing before we move on. Uh -huh. uh, that after I do the breath work, I yeah. do Kapalati, oh, yeah. okay. which is a breath of fire. Oh, the breath of fire. Uh, exactly. Wow, yeah. yeah. Uh, or also known as like skull shining. And then okay. I do um, uh, about an hour of breath awareness and okay. I close with the loving kindness practice, which okay. I think we did together. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then I go to the gym. Yes. I will run for at least 20 minutes every day. So and, uh, that's and where you are on Instagram with yeah. your hair. <laughs> it's like exactly. the hair is so yeah. And then your hair is beautiful. Wow. Oh, yeah. uh, and then, you know, go on with my day. And then I'll have okay. a practice to close the day too. But awesome. that's that's the morning ritual. And it's the non-negotiable, you know. You it doesn't do matter where yeah. I am. I can be traveling around the world. I bring yeah. a meditation cushion and my running shoes. And I will do that same practice. Because these are the ways um, that I can, you know, you know, reestablish the importance with myself about mental health and totally. to be able to share with people from an open heart. I love that. Um, and your last question, what would be a valuable piece of advice that you'd like to give to other entrepreneurs who are starting businesses with a conscious intention? Mm, know your intention. Get really <laughs> clear about why you're doing it, yeah. you know? Get really clear why you're doing it. Yeah. I think that's a huge importance you know to not just fall into the trend that wellness is trending and cool and right I, you know and and to really know this is one thing that i posted about it recently is um are you doing what you're doing to seek validation from the world mm. or are you doing this because it's helping your personal healing and growth yeah you know you are clearly doing this huge uh you know starting this business because you're yeah. learning for yourself and yes. you're healing yourself same thing with me yeah as a teacher i'm exchanging the seat of a teacher student teacher student teacher student with everyone that i'm in exchanging time with you yeah. know and i would also say that to keep checking in with yourself you know yeah. keep coming back to why you started what you started even if you get really big just remember what brought you together right. to that point of starting what you did and commit to having a daily practice so you can cleanse your mind and you can energize your body and you can get really close to yourself yeah so much so that that you are really bringing something of value to the world okay yeah. i love it it's great advice thank you and thank, thank you so you. much for coming over here for this great talk it was so great to get to know you a little bit more thank you so much my love i really appreciate thank this thank you yeah awesome. thank you <laughs>